Sirena. watch Andy Griffith during Griffith show over and over and over again. It never gets old. So, hey, we've been swimming in the deep end of the pool, if you will, for the past few months. Uh, and this morning is going to feel like the shallow end, if you will. But let me be honest with you. If we don't get this one right, nothing else is going to matter. You are not going to be able to achieve all that we've been talking about through this series. Okay, you're not going to be able to pull it off. You're not going to be able to achieve it if you don't get this part right. Everything we've been talking about, okay, takes time. It takes discipline. It takes effort. This is spiritual discipline time and we need that time. We need to be able to focus on Jesus Christ if we're going to do what God is calling us to do. To take the next step in your, in your spiritual journey. To take the next step in your spiritual walk. You need room to breathe. You need just some room to breathe. You need permission to stop. Just to be able to stop. You need space to think. What I'm saying is you, you, you need margin in your busy, stress-filled lives. All of us do. We need margin in our incredibly dynamic, if you will, stress-filled lives. So, so I was kind of looking, what is margin? There's a lot of definitions, but I looked in the dictionary and it said, it said, it defines margin as an, an extra amount of something such as time or space so that you can, you can, so that it can be used if needed. So an extra amount of time or space to be used if needed. I thought that was kind of an interesting way to put it. So I picked out two key points in this definition. Extra and if needed. Extra and if needed. So let me be bold enough this morning to kind of change the dictionary definition a little bit. Because this whole idea, if needed, it should say as needed. Because it is always needed. We need time. We need space in order to accomplish the things that God has called us to accomplish. You need that margin. You need that space. Honestly, the way most of us live, the way most of us live our lives, the word extra, okay, it doesn't exist. 
Okay, it's like non-existent. It's not in your vocabulary. You have extra time. You have the time that you need. Our, our days are absolutely filled. And when we have an extra moment, what do we do? We fill it, right? Or you, we fill it or we use it to what? Catch up. You get, a, you get a little bit of a break and you're so far behind on everything else, you use the extra time that you have just to catch up. And if you don't have to catch up, it's almost like you feel guilty and you have to fill that void with more stuff to do. We're like the, the remember that game, that old game is called the last straw game. Remember, you had a little camel. And you put a little camel there and he had little sacks on his side there. And, and then you took the, the, the plastic straws and you, the, and you put them in there. And you just put them in there. You were like, oh, because you know that last one is something's going to break the camel's back. That's how we live our lives. We just put as many straws as we possibly can, hoping that that last one's not going to break our back. That last one's not going to overwhelm us. Ah, nervous breakdown. You know what I'm saying? We, it's like the last straw we play with our lives. There are so many, there are so many obstacles and there are so many excuses to stay trapped in the, the tyranny of the urgent, if you will. You say, we start talking about it and you say, oh, I'd love to do that. But, and you start listing all these excuses and all these reasons and all, all these obstacles in your way. And so we want to take a moment. I want you to take your paintbrush out that we gave you when you came in. I want you to take that out. As we go through this time, here's what I want you to do with that paintbrush. I want you to hold it in your hand and I want you to be thinking about painting a new picture for your life. Okay? You want to paint a new picture for your life. And by the end of the service, as we go through these things, you're going to take the time when you go home to do the kinds of things we're going to talk about. But I want you to paint a new picture of your life. And that picture has more margin in it. The new picture for your life, when you paint the picture, okay, that picture should have more margin in it. So you can see it, you can feel it, you can experience it. Okay, so I want to read you from First uh, Timothy, chapter six, verses seventeen through nineteen, and it says this: As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to our enjoy to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Okay, talking about like having an eternal perspective, they can take hold of that which is truly life. In other words, we're not really living that way right now. He's saying, you got to talk to these people. And it was funny, one, I don't know why I thought this, but it's like we're reading First Timothy and we're being told, I'm being told to express this to everyone else. You're not, sometimes we're not really living, we're not truly living the life that God wants us to live. And so we're stepping back and saying, okay, what does it mean to truly live life? 
And part of it is, is saying basically, in other words, stop waiting, okay, or hoping for your ship to come in. Because here's what we do. We don't live in the present. We live in the future. We live for the future. That we're going to be able to do it someday when we're just hoping that someday our ship will come in. That one day you'll, you'll be able to do the things. Once you have what you think you need, you'll be able to do the things that God really wants you to do. And what, what we're hearing here in Scripture is that you need to serve God now. You need to serve others now. You need to, you need to do good now. You have, God is saying, you have all that you need. I've given you all that you need to do what you need to do right now. But what we do is we say, when we get this, I'll be able to do this. So everything's in the future. So we run ourselves absolutely ragged saying, at one point, I'll be able to work myself to death to get to the point where I have a little bit of time and then I can do such and such and so and so for God. And God is saying, that is just not the way it is. I honestly constantly hear people say, when I have more money, oh, you know, when I have more money, I'll do this for God or I'll do that for those in need once, once I have it. But it seems to me that those people aren't doing a lot for the Lord now while they're accumulating all that they think they need and the situation, the place they need to be in life, they're not really doing anything for the Lord or not doing much for the Lord now. Or when I hit this point in my life, financially or otherwise, when I hit this, when I hit this point in my life, then I'll start to, then I'll be in a, then I'll be in a position to do that. I was talking to someone, this is years ago, right out front here, and it was, he was probably in his mid-twenties, and he was talking about tithing, and he told me why he wasn't tithing, well, I don't know why he was telling me, but he was telling me he wasn't tithing, because he said, here's my plan, and tell me what you think. I want to just, I want to build up my portfolio, I'm going to work, and I'm going to build up my portfolio, so I have a portfolio, so I'm in a position, I feel confident, where I am in a financially strong position, and then I'm going to be able to start giving. Why he was telling me this, I have no idea. And I said, you'll never start giving. What are you talking about? I said, if you're, if you're not going to get out, give out of what the, the little you have now, you're not going to, there's never a time where you, I have so much now, now I'm going to start being generous. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Because you'll always, if that's your mentality, well, how much do you need, right? Just a little bit more. How much do you need to feel secure? Just a little bit more. When I'm in a position, when I, I'll start to do this when I'm in a position to, because I'll have this or I'll have that. God expects you, God expects you to do what, what we can do. To do what you can do, He expects you to do it now. With what He's given you now. With what He's given me now. When that comes to financial resources, when it comes to giftedness. That's what I was saying before. You know, people sit back, well, I'm not really sure I'm a serve. I'm not really sure I can do that. You, I can do that. I'm not sure if I'm gifted. I'm not sure if I'm that talented. How much talent does it take to take that flag and put it on that side of the stage? Not much. Not much at all. But people use excuses. Oh, when I when I when I've been when I've been coming to church longer, I've learned more. Then I'll get, then I'll start to serve. Serve with what you have now. Give with what you have now. That's what he's saying here. God doesn't want us to. He doesn't want us to to live on the edge. He expects us to. You know, honestly, God expects us to manage to manage our money so that we have it available to carry out His will. 
Whatever he gives us, he expects us to manage it so that we're in a position to carry out his will. When he calls us to do something, we need to be in a position to follow through with what he calls us to do. God doesn't want us, honestly, and we, and we as Americans, and I'm putting, we're all, most people in the country are in this kind of position. But God doesn't, God doesn't want us to live on the edge financially. He doesn't want us to live there financially. We were never, we never have margin, honestly, to spontaneously be generous. You, how many times have you found yourself in a situation where you hear something that's going on in someone's life or you hear something going on in Africa and boy, you'd love to be able to afford to, to pitch in or you'd like to help out that person's whatever or they're struggling over here. Not, it doesn't even have to be in church. Just you hear someone in the community struggling and you, but you can't participate financially because you can't spontaneously give because you're so stretched, not only with time but with resources. When, when you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to do something, You can't do it because you're not in a position to do it financially. And God is saying that's not where we need to be. If you're there, downsize. Put yourself in a position where you can be spontaneously generous when God calls you to be. He doesn't want us to live in such a way that we're constantly feeling the urge to even compromise on our regular giving within the body of Christ because we're so stretched. We're so stretched. People will, honestly, there are people in the church, even now, I, I just, I can't give. I, I don't, it's not, and this isn't a, this sermon's not about it's tithing. It's about life. We get so stretched in every direction that we're not able to do the very things that God is calling us to do. The things that God expects us to do because we're so stretched in every area of our lives. I was thinking, maybe we don't need more money. Maybe we need more discipline. Maybe we need more wisdom, if you will, to ensure that that we use what God gives us more effectively. Maybe God, instead of asking for more, because if I have more, then I'll be able to. Maybe we we should all ask for more wisdom from God and more discipline. God would give us more discipline so that we can use the resources that God has given us more effectively. Because the parable of the talents, why should he give me, why should he give me more if I'm not handling what he's given me now effectively? So ask yourself. Ask yourself, have I put myself, honestly, this is one of those things you've got to kind of process through. Have, have, I, have I put my own artificial financial plans in, in, in place? Let me, let me tell you what I mean. Uh, I need this, you have in your mind, I need to be in this place and have this much money before I'm able to do this. With my family, with my friends, with, uh, for the Lord. Uh, I, I, in order for me to spend more, I am working so hard, and I, when I get this place in my portfolio, then I'll be able to invest more into the life of my family, into my children. Are you putting artificial financial goals in place and saying, I'm, I'm not able to do that until I get to this place? Why? Let's talk, we were at the men's retreat, and we were talking a little bit about this, and one of the guys at the table said, you know what's really funny? Most of, my, most, of, most of my memories that I really cherish have really nothing to do with how much we had. It's like the time I went fishing with my grandfather, and I caught the biggest fish on the boat. 
You know, I remember that and my grandfather's face and what he was teaching me and all the, all, that was an experience. I have, he said it was, it was, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I don't need, I don't need more to invest in my children and give them my time. I don't need more. Okay, so because the more is going to get, here's what's going to, here's what you think. When I get to that place, then I'll be able to relax and I'll have more time to put into my kids. Mm, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Maybe. Maybe. But I'll be honest with you on this one. Um, I was a youth pastor for years and years and years. Guess what? Your kids don't like it. They don't, they, they complain. My parents don't care. My, my dad doesn't care. He's always gone. He, you know, it, we need to find the margin now. We need to focus on the things that are important now. Let me go back for a second. We've talked about this for, for, well, I've talked about it for, since I've been a pastor. What's two most important things in life? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Relationships are not part of life. They are life. They're everything. People to God are everything. You spending time with the people around you to God is everything. When you stand before God in heaven, okay, and you're being judged before God in heaven, what's going to matter is what you did and how you invested your time with the people around you. Did you spend time with him and did you spend time with them? That's all that God cares about. And make all the excuses, I can make all the excuses I want in my life. If I'm not doing those two things with what he's given me now, my life is not on the track that it should be. Verse 17, second part of it says, so that we may enjoy the things he does give us. So that we may enjoy the things he does give us. Are you enjoying where God has you in your life right now? Think about this. Are you enjoying where God has you in your life right now? Or, or are you living for the next season? When we are constantly living for the next season, we don't enjoy this season. We don't appreciate this season. We don't get to really, and what does it say? So that we can enjoy the things he does give us, that gives us now. Don't live your whole life for the future. Sure, plan for the future. That's extremely important. But live your life right now, especially when it comes to relationships. When we are constantly living for the next season, we aren't really enjoying. We're not able to enjoy the season that God has us in right now. Have you ever allowed money or your desire to climb the the next rung on the ladder? Because that's the most important thing, right? It's getting to that next rung on the ladder. Have you allowed that to, to steal your opportunity to find peace, joy, and contentment in your life right now? Got to get there. Got to get there. I got to get there. I guess it's the most important thing. You know what happens when, you, someone, when someone gets a, an illness that, where you may not make it, you may die? Or when you get older, isn't it amazing how people say, almost every single time... If I could go back and do it over again, I'd spend more time with my family. I'd spend more time investing in my whatever. I'd spend more time. Isn't it absolutely stunning that 
Every wise person you've ever talked to, every person who's gotten an illness where they thought their life would maybe end, said, if I could go back, I'd realize some of the, so much of what I do is a big fat waste of time, okay, and I would do it so differently than I did it before. I heard that so many times years ago, I decided I'm not going to go and I'm not going to get older, okay, and be 85 or 90 years old and say, boy, if I could do it over again, I'd go back and here's how I live my life. I'm going to live my life that way right now. I'm going to try to accomplish everything that God has for me, but I am not going to put myself in such a position that I chase after every shiny thing that comes to me. That comes around me. Ooh, dangle, dangle, carrot, carrot, carrot. Oh, that's going to make me happy. Oh, that's going to give me fulfillment. No, it's not. No, it's not at all. Because once you get to those things, you're like, well, okay, I, I have that now. Now what? Lost my relationships. Don't have, I'm not really walking with the Lord the way I want to be. It's just different. You know, some of the most unhappy and discontent people in the world are people who have their hearts set on money, okay, on things. They're the most unhappy, some of the most unhappy and discontent people in the world. And I'm not just talking about the rich here. Honestly, it's so easy to point the finger at the rich. The poor and the middle class are notorious for being ungrateful and dissatisfied with what they've been given and where they are in their lives. They're some of the most discontent people. Even when they've been blessed with more, it just never seems to be enough. And then the rich often, you know, go out and and buy lavish things basically for themselves, not realizing that they have a responsibility before God and what He's given them. They'll often use their wealth to either, either as a weapon against, you know, people in your family like this. They use their money as a weapon, okay, or to manipulate the relationships that are around them. Instead of using that money for good, they use it as a weapon. They see, here, and here's the problem with it. Because they see it, and this is what he, Paul's talking about, they see it as their own. They don't see themselves as stewards of what of God's grace. They see that it's mine. I'm going to use it to manipulate. I'm going to use it as a weapon. I'm going to use it for my own pleasures. They don't see it, the fact that they have been given that by God to use, to invest in the lives of God's kingdom and to transform other people's lives. And Paul makes it clear that both need and, the, and abundance, both need and abundance can be enemies of contentment. And that's what really what God calls us to, to contentment. But having need and having, having abundance can both, if we don't handle them right, can be enemies of contentment. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, it says, I am not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living with plenty or in want. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Focus on Christ. Focus on Christ. What is most important? Because need and abundance can both be enemies of peace, joy, and contentment in your life. 
if you don't have that eternal perspective. So how can I, how can I break free from this trap and create margin in my life? That's the question. How do I break free from this trap? How, how can I, how can I begin painting a new picture for my life? Because I don't like, you're sitting there thinking, um, 95% of you are thinking, yes, I am way too busy. I'm way too overwhelmed. How do I repaint this picture of my life and paint in a little margin? Well, we need to deliberately schedule it, okay? If, if we, if we are going to find extra time, okay, if we're going to find that extra time to use when we, when we, when we actually need it, we have to set boundaries. We have to start setting boundaries that are boldly intense, okay? This cannot be a whimsical kind of iffy kind of, well, yeah, I'll cut out a few things. We honestly, before God, all of us this morning have to say, no, things have to change. Okay, if I'm going to grow in Christ and get closer to Christ and be Christ-centered in my life, if I'm going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ before I die, the goal is that all of us, here's what we want to be, we want to be centered on Christ, we want to, we want to stand before God and know that our lives matter, not to everyone around us, but, I mean, when it comes to the world's idea, but it mattered to God, that, that we accomplish what God called us to accomplish on this planet. If that's going to happen, we need, we need Focused intensity. We need to say, all right, things need to change, period. They need to change. Satan wants nothing more than to keep you where you are. But here's the thing. We get so concerned with, you know, oh, you're busy, busy, busy. God's more concerned with balance than he is busyness. He's more concerned about your life and balancing your life and doing what he's called you to do than just being busy. We need to be, we need to be intentional, honestly. We need to sit down. We need to sit down with our schedule and block out time. And know what we need to put in there? Downtime. Okay? Do nothing time. I'm, I'm serious. We need, we need to create do nothing gaps in our calendar. Your calendar should have in there do nothing. Hang out. Sit with my feet up. Think of nothing if I choose to. That should be in your calendar. Days and times where there's whole blocks, a lot of of blocks of time where you do absolutely, you planned absolutely nothing. We're going to talk about that more in a minute. So in the beginning... We gotta kinda sit back, cause this is, this is tough, cause if you've been in this mode, okay, this is really difficult, and you have to realize that in the beginning, margin's going to feel like, for to most of you, like you're wait, like you're just, like, uh, you're being lazy, okay? Your margin to you is going to feel like, gosh, I'm just lazy, I'm just being lazy. Or are you gonna feel like you're wasting time, but here's the thing, you're not wasting time, time, you're actually finding time. You're not wasting time. You're finding time to do what God is calling you to do. So we need to plan it. We need to plan it. Margin can be, can be finding time. Think about this. You need to plan it out. And margin can be finding time just to take a walk in the park. Or honestly, it could be finding time just to, to walk around your neighborhood. And just, just walk. Do you know there are studies done now? Um, it's like they call it like turf therapy. That, that, that science has realized that if you take your shoes off, 
all right, and your socks off and walk on the turf, walk on the grass, your blood pressure drops, your, your, your brain releases certain chemicals. and it, Walking on the grass, for goodness sakes, is now therapy. That's therapy. Go home, take it. It's all wet now. You have mud between your toes. But yeah, it's all right. Okay. That, some of you stressing some of you out. Wait till it dries out a little bit. Take your socks and shoes off and walk on the grass. How knows the last time you were in the woods? I get in the woods. I get in a kayak out somewhere. Even if I'm not catching anything, it's like, oh, man. Right? There's therapy this now. The therapist sends you in the woods. Take your shoes off. Go walk in the grass. That we need that. We need to be able to listen. Margin gives us a chance to listen to music or, or just read. A, don't write a book, right? You want to just read a book that you've been waiting to read or go fishing or talk to a friend or you know what? Find time to just be silent. Wednesday nights here from 5 to 7, we're coming here. And people, I mean, people are taking advantage of it, but you need to take advantage of it. Just come over here for 15, 20 minutes and in, in between 5 and 7, and there's just maybe a little bit of music playing in the background, not, not word music, or just nice music or, or maybe some just nature sounds. And just sit here and if you want to read the word, if you want to reflect on something, or just be silent. Just to relax and be silent before the Lord. Margin gives us um, this. It, it gives us so much. And here's the thing. It may not feel immediately productive. Like you, you think, oh, I'm going to do this. And it's going to be, oh, they're going to get so much immediate production out of this. It, you know, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it, it, it's paying off right away. But the lasting benefits, guys, honestly, the last, the lasting benefits are are amazing. It, it transforms us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. We just have time to spend, relax with the Lord. And our culture, we are, we've lost this ability. When's the last time you lay down on the grass in the summertime and just looked up at the stars and did nothing? Or laid under a tree and just stared up at the branches and the leaves and just watched whatever was happening in the tree and, and just enjoyed your time with God. I mean, even if you don't say anything to God, God doesn't say anything, you don't have to say anything to Him. He doesn't say anything to you. The fact that you're just, you're just in His presence, just being in the presence of God is so important. Rest, and the, the ability to rest and the ability to reflect, okay, having that margin, is life-giving. It's life-giving. And we're running, 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 and we're kind of losing out. It's, margin, allows you, margin allows you to breathe. Honestly, when's the last time you come up with a really great creative thought? Or, you know, margin gives you the time for, for creativity. It offers a quiet space for you to just think and grow. Remember what he talked about in 1 Timothy 6.19. He says, so that you may take hold of that which is truly life. Some of us are so busy, we're not truly living the life that God designed us to live. Got to ask yourself, I mean, um, who have we given our paintbrush to right now? Because it's not in our hands Someone else has your paintbrush. You've given your paintbrush to others. And I, what I'm saying to you is we, we, you're no longer in control of your own, your own day. Because you've given you off your paintbrush to somebody else and they're painting your life story for you. What you need to do is take it back and start 
painting margin into your life. Here's the reality. Margin, okay, creating margin shows spiritual maturity. When you create margin in your life, you're not lazy. What you're doing is you're saying, I need time that when God calls me, to, when I feel the Holy Spirit leading me to do something, I need the margin financially. I need the margin with my time to respond to God. If God tells you right now, drop your nets, like he said to the, to the fishermen, could you do it? Do you even have time to respond? If God wanted you to do something tomorrow or this week, could I mean, literally, if Jesus walked up, you, you well, I'd love to. Let me get my calendar and see if I you know, have some time for you to do what you want, you call me to do. I mean, seriously, because that's that's not me. That's not like a illustration that doesn't. That happens all the time. God is constantly speaking to us. We can't hear him because we're so busy and we can't respond to him because we have no margin to respond to him. So how do we get started? OK, we're going to run through a couple of things. How do we get started? Number one, number one, admit that your life is out of balance. You, ha- you have to admit that your life is out of balance. You need to face that your life is, your life is way too busy. You need to come to the realization that you are, honestly, the reason that you feel overwhelmed and you feel stressed and you feel anxiety and you're worried and you have all these things going on in your life and you feel like you need to go to the doctor and you don't understand why you're so overwhelmed and stressed and, and depressed and everything. Some of it, honestly, has to do with the fact that we have no margin whatsoever. And so we're figuring, we need to go to a doctor or go to someone to give you something in order for you to be able to keep functioning the way you're functioning right now. Maybe what I'm asking you to do is maybe you need to go before the Lord and maybe you need to stop functioning the way you're functioning and find some margin in your life just to relax. You know, I find it fascinating that Jesus Christ was God and he found margin. And I remember somewhere in Genesis that God the Father actually took time to rest. Was that in there somewhere? And then commands all of us to do the same thing. Because obviously, we come, honestly, let's think about it. God needs to rest. He thinks, but we don't. God rested. Jesus Christ did what he did when he came to earth to set an example for us. The ones that didn't need, honestly, to rest are set an example for the rest of us, saying that downtime, margin, relaxation are important things that need to be a part of our lives. You work yourself six days, but then you need that day to rest. You need the time in there to rest and to reflect. Number two. Make it happen. Margin gives you time not just to, honestly, it, not, not just to focus on, on, on the urgent, but on the important. Margin gives you the chance not just to focus on the urgent, what's happening right now, but what's important. And what's important is that you grab your grandson by the hand and you walk down to the pond or you take him wherever and you do something. Go swimming. Go, go take them to the park. Go, go spend time. Because I'll be honest with you, that's what they're going to remember years and years from now. I don't have time that was my grandpa or their grandma in the park and we did such and such and he was so funny. I can't believe grandpa went down the slide face first. They remember that. I got home, I got home from Washington this past week and that was awesome. I'll tell you about it some other time. That was awesome. But I got home from Washington and Ollie ran up to me, one of my, my oldest grandson ran up to me and said, Oh, I got to go to opening day with grandpa, my other grandpa. Opening day of the Reds game with dad and grandpa. Told me all about it. All about it. I got a red bun. He will remember eating a red bun for the rest of his life. 
Right? Because that's what matters. That's what matters. Margin gives us a chance to do what's important, not just what's urgent. So we need to sit down and we need to do it. We need to, here's what we need to do. You need to take out your calendar, right? And you don't have to do it right this second. Take your calendar out and start blocking out time. Consider all that you do in a day. Consider all that you do in a week. Consider all that you do in a month's time. And what I want you to do is consider all, and write them all down. Everything you do that includes your kid's schedule, your work schedule, your church schedule, all your schedules. Take your calendar out and write everything that you're involved in. Write it down. Okay? And then evaluate your schedule. Go through it and evaluate it and start cutting things out. Does your child, I know this is, I know it's going to be like arrows. Does your child need to be in three sports? All year round. Constantly. Let me give you a little hint real fast. I talk to so many students as they get a little older who are so burned out and overwhelmed, but they can't quit. They can't quit. Why don't you just quit? I ask them. I can't. I can't quit. I got to keep going. I got to keep my grades up. I got to be in the four sports. I've got to be whatever else. And there's not, hey, nothing wrong with having your kids in sports. And I'm not picking on you. I promise before God, I think it's great to have our kids in sports. My only question is, do they need to be in three or whatever? How many? And all year round where they never, because if, if they love it and you guys are doing it together, wonderful. But make sure that you keep your hand on the pulse and realize if they're, they're no longer wanting to be engaged, t- maybe take that one off the schedule then here's what i want you to do whatever it is that's just one thing i was thinking um whatever it is maybe you have some things that you do all the time get those off the schedule and then and then what i want you to do is fill in those openings with downtime fill them with downtime and now when the time comes when god when god um calls on you you can meet the needs that god is calling you to meet or honestly when it, when the time comes and there's nothing to do you do nothing you enjoy the freedom the newfound freedom you have to do absolutely nothing you think well what i don't understand i know you don't <laughs> i'm saying schedule in nothing time write down leave me alone time okay seriously don't bug me. I'm off and ever. I know it's I know it's hard for you young parents and things like that, but try to figure out where your husband can take a little bit of time and just get that time where you have your downtime. Simply enjoy your freedom. Number 3, tell everyone about your plan. Tell everyone about your plan, okay? Have the courage, hear me out, have the courage, have the courage to let go of things that are important to other people but not important to you. Hear what I'm saying? You can't quit that board. Well, what are we going to do if you're not doing what? A, you know, you're the glue that holds blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. If I died tomorrow and it, God forbid something happened to me, you know what? Life would go on. God would raise up another person to do the things that I do. And we, you may be sad. You may be, but no one is so invaluable that, that God can't replace them or else, you know, some point I'm I hate to break the bed I'm I'm a dead man okay at some point this is all gone all right and and we never promise tomorrow so you know I don't care what board you're on or what you're doing you can be replaced okay don't let people guilt you into keeping you running so ragged you can't breathe ask yourself who's painting the picture of my life and if it ain't you get your paintbrush back 
have the courage to say, I'm sorry, I know you, but I, I can't do this anymore. Then talk with the people that are close to you and ask for their help, ask for their encouragement, and ask for their accountability. Help, tell them what you're going to do and make them hold you accountable. Number four, realize that busyness is not godliness. Busyness is not godliness. Have you ever considered, okay, have you ever considered that you're doing things and living a life that God does not want you to live? You ever considered that? That you're on a path that God doesn't want you to be on. But you're going, 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 and how is he supposed to tell you? Have you ever considered that you may be doing what you're doing to fill a void in your life? Or that you're doing what you're doing because, um, because you're, 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 you don't want to deal with issues in your life? You're going, 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 going because you don't want to deal with the issues in your life that God actually wants you to address. Have you ever considered the fact that you're running so fast because you are terrified to stop and think? You don't want to stop because you don't want to think because you're terrified if you have to think. Because there's so many things going on. Here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. Stop. Stop. Find margin. Find a friend. Find a counselor. Find a life coach. Find a pastor. Find a Stevens minister. Find a discipler. Find a, I don't, find that person and help that, let them help you walk through those hurts, those hang-ups, right? Those habits that you need to break. The reason you're so busy, some of you are so busy, is because you are terrified to stop and start thinking about your life. Stop, find the margin, and then find people who can help you invest and overcome those things in your life that you need to overcome. Last one, number five, fight for it. Absolutely fight for margin in your life. Get righteously angry, push back, okay? Say no. Everybody say no right now, right? One, two, three. No. Okay, one more time. One, two, three. Okay, say no. Fight for that margin. Paint a new picture of your life. Paint a new picture of your life. Here's so funny. I was gonna, I I was thinking we're gonna get done early because it's only five pages and then I go off and we're ten minutes over. Um, so I was gonna have you sit here and have God convict you of what you know, you know what I'm saying is true. So here's what I want you to do. I'm gonna give you homework, give you something to do. Go home, get your calendar out, okay, and start working on this. And first, before you get your calendar out, sit there, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit convict you to do what you know you need to do. God, thank you for this time that we can spend together. And God, I pray that every single person in this room would take this seriously. We are killing ourselves, Lord, and it needs to stop. We need to obey you. We need to rest. We need to find margin in our lives. We need to fight for it. We need to take it back. We need to repaint. We need to paint a new picture of our lives. And that, that new picture should include a lot of downtime and margin and just relaxation time, Lord, so that we can reflect and do what you've called us to do. So we can hear you. We can hear you. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we pray all these things. Amen. Have a great week and rest.